0: Welcome back to More To It, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and journey into layered conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm Marcel's Wiley. Dad, dude, what up? Why? Oh, last night, man. Let me tell you what happened in the Wiley's house. uh, Wiley world, as I call it. MJ locked his door for the first time. I couldn't believe it. My boy's only seven and he's already leaving for college, it seems like. The dude locked his door. Like I, I told him, go take his bath. He hates taking his bath. He likes taking it late. And I'm like, dude, just take your bath. It's really a shower, but I'm still trying to treat him like a kid. Take your bath. And he goes upstairs. And then for some reason, I had to go up there and check on him. I was, oh, we we're going to have our Beyblades tournament. I'm like, hurry up. And... This sucker, I get to the door and you know how you walk in and you just know it's going to open. I just turned it but I hit my head on the door because it was locked. I was like, oh, my boy. And I just left him alone. I let him be. I was like, damn, he is growing up. He needed his privacy. I love that. Uh, my mother-in-law is in town. Oh, and I know everybody hears those horror stories about mother-in-laws. Not mine. Actually, she's on the opposite extreme. She's so sweet. She's so nice. She's almost too nice. Like one of those people that just comes in and she has her suitcase. So I'm like, I'll I help you. No, I got it, baby. I'm like, no, I got you. No, I got it, baby. I'm like, all right, now we- it's getting weird. Like, let me get it. The suitcase is bigger than you. I got it. Like, she wants to do everything. I mean, she comes in the house. She's already baking pies and cookies. And you're like, can you just settle in and enjoy yourself? She's always looking out for others. So... The house is warm right now because my mother-in-law is in town, and um, she's young-looking, young-acting. We had some tequila shots last night. Yeah, you know why I married her daughter. You know why I married her daughter. She gets it in. And then I went to dinner. I got to give out some free advertising to my boy Ray. Uh, Ray Nasrati, who's a real estate mogul, builds these mega mansions, mega mansions. I'm talking about he's building a mansion right now that is going to cost $88 million. Follow him on Instagram, y'all can see what I'm talking about, it's next level. Uh, Went to dinner with him, he's part owner of a restaurant called Casa Madera. Then I also was there with my man Johnny who was an executive um, at his bank, so I prefer bank. And we just chopping it up, hanging out. Three dudes just chilling, talking that noise, looking at all these ladies walk by. Choosing. It's so funny when you go out and you married. And even Ray's wife was there at a different table. So he was really married. You know what I'm saying? But um, he was on his best behavior. But these girls be chosen. Your boy still got a little something there in the tank. Because when I look up to just say, oh, hey, hey, you know how they do it. They lock eyes with you. And a woman doesn't lock eyes with you unless she wants you to say something. So I ain't say nothing. I was a good guy last night. All good. All right. One thing I want to clarify, and Courtney and I are working on this, we're going to build into the show a lot of fun segments, including when I got something wrong or the story changed, so what I said has evolved, whatever it is, I'm not going to be that guy. We are not in some relationship where I am talking to you. I am talking at you. No, I'm talking with you guys. As things evolve, things change, I must address them because... I sincerely want the best information out there so we can learn or unlearn. So let's read this Joe Mixon update. The Hamilton County Sheriff's Office released an incident report Thursday, and Joe Mixon was not named as a suspect. Thank you. However, his sister, oh, shit, still in the family. <laughs> Damn, what were y'all eating growing up? Shalonda Mixon. Uh, her name's Shalonda. Of course she's a suspect. I mean, she ain't even had to say nothing. They was like, um, ma'am, were you here? No. What's your name? Shalonda? Oh, yeah, you're a suspect. Oh, right, let me stop. It's considered a suspect. Police documents obtained by TMZ Sports and Fox News after shots were fired from the athlete's home earlier this week, injuring a minor. Good. I've heard so many reports. He wasn't even there. He wasn't at the house. He was in LA, whatever. All I know is he's not a suspect. Unfortunately, though, his sister is. Another update, Sean Kemp. Okay, Sean Kemp won't be charged, this is gangster, for his role in the shooting Wednesday, police said. In a statement, Kemp's attorney said the former NBA star had items stolen from his car and following the alleged burglary, tracked his phone to the shopping mall parking lot where the shooting occurred. When Kemp approached the car, hey, y'all stole my stuff, what'd it do? The attorney added, individuals inside the car fired First and Kemp returned it that blast in self defense. Police said they're still investigating the incident. Damn, that's some quick police work, too. And damn, that worked out for Sean Kemp. But damn, Sean, I mean, I don't know. People always say when someone's trying to jack you or steal from you, you can replace whatever they take, duh. But you, uh, like, what if they would have hit? Like, they shot first, they must have missed, duh. But what if they didn't miss? I digress. All right, let's get into the show right now. Our first topic, woo! Man, this is something I couldn't have done working before at any of the networks that I worked at before, because what is this story? Let's talk through it. Former UFC fighter, Chel Sonnen. And if y'all don't know who Chel Sonnen is, in my experience, the most talented broadcaster I've ever seen in my life is Michelle Beadle. Literally, like with no prompter, no script, no, no information, just would go there. And Chell Sonnen, to me, is the next one. This dude is next level in terms of talking, But he's making some serious accusations against NBA star LeBron James, saying LeBron uses PEDs. Yeah, I said it. Sonnen was busted using PEDs during his time with the UFC. Went on a podcast that says LeBron uses EPO. According to Son- Sonnen, him and LeBron have the same drug guy. Oh, if the world understood what LeBron did... Like other basketball players will hear what LeBron does and go, oh, but that doesn't matter. If you knew what these performance enhancers did, then you would know why it does matter. We have the same drug guy. I know exactly what he's doing. EPO matters. It's not black lies. What are you talking about? It's the reason LeBron takes it. It matters. EPO increases your red blood cells, which gives you endurance so you can play all game long. You can shoot in the fourth quarter, just like you shot in the first quarter. It is the king, pun intended of performance enhancers. Damn, let me stop right here. I don't accuse anybody of using performance enhancing drugs unless I've seen them take it personally or they have failed a test. That's my line. I always said that, I always will believe that. Why? It kinda parallel to like when people always come up to you and give you these guys and people with gay rumors. You ever heard a gay rumor like, oh, I heard he gay, I heard he gay. My first thing is like, how do you know? And then they say, uh, I'm like, you sleeping with him? And if you're sleeping with him, then you gay too. So what's the problem? And what's the point, even if he is gay? But why and how do you know? It gets quiet. Well, I heard, I heard. I'm like, man, I don't want to hear that. that, So to me, this is still in that category. I don't want to hear that. But then everyone, it seems like, always looks at LeBron statuesque and says, oh, oh, he got to be on something. Or look at his age right now. Look at him. He has to be on something. Y'all ever heard of my man Todd Sauerbrunn? You remember him? Yeah, me either. Here's the point. He was a punter, a kicker. He was on steroids. Couldn't see it coming, but the boy was on steroids. You can't just look at somebody and think they're on steroids. People accuse me of steroids because I went from 6' feet 180 to 6'4, 280 in college. Like, literally a freshman, I was 6' feet, a running back. And then I graduated defensive end going to the NFL. I went up, steroids don't help you go up. I gained a hundred pounds and grew four inches, but I still was getting those looks of suspicion and accused that I took steroids. I know damn well I never took steroids, but I did use creatine at times and creatine will get you swole, will retain that water, but you're gonna pull your hamstring in the process. So I just wanted to get that story out there because someone credible, actually went there. And I'm like, damn, I wonder what you guys think about this. Like, is LeBron... Mm. Of course not until he fails that drug test. But I do know from the inside in athletics, a track fan I am, they always, whoever is using, tries to stay one step ahead. So maybe we're in that situation. Not sure. But Chel Sonnen, ooh, shots at the king. Hopefully they don't hit. Talk about a cheese head and Aaron Rodgers who is getting recruited. Everybody loves Aaron Rodgers or you love to hate Aaron Rodgers because you're like, oh, he's so arrogant. Oh, he thinks he's the smartest in the room. Oh, he doesn't think he has to do everything everyone else does. Right. I hear it all about Aaron Rodgers. Well, doesn't matter the Sauce Gardner. Y'all remember Sauce Gardner, that cornerback, rookie cornerback, beast cornerback, Pro Bowl cornerback, and he has taken recruiting to the next level. Now, I remember recruiting as everyone else kind of envisions recruiting, right? Well, you go to a campus and then you get there, you meet all the administrators and the coaches with them firm handshakes and looking you in the eye like that matters. I hate when people be like, you look in your eye, you can tell I'm a real man, an honest man. No, I can't. You know why? Because the last defensive end you brought in here that was a five star, you told him he was going to start too. So damn it, don't look me in my eye, liar. So anyway, you do that, and after that, they take you around, show you the classroom, show you the weight room, blah, 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 where the party at, right? You go to that party that night, obviously, there are some familiar faces in there for them, and then they have friends, and next thing you know, y'all kicking it, y'all hooking up, y'all going to get expensive pizza that they paying for, and then you wake up the next day wasted, like, oh, that was the best trip in the world. That's typical recruiting. Sauce Gardner ain't going that route. Sauce Gardner going straight to the source. He punching hard. This is what he is saying. One, he has a video with him and his teammates and in his backyard talking about Aaron Rodgers. I ain't playing no more. You need to come to the Jets. We need to win a Super Bowl. Okay, being real, that's not the normal NFL recruiting. It's usually Jet... Gentle, you know, like real gentle, like, "Uh, well, it'll be nice if Aaron Rodgers came here. Now sauce is going straight for the bullseye. He also said, Aaron, you come here, you can host the pool party at my crib, even though it's kind of cold. We'll still get that going. I was like, that's, (laughs) I don't think that's going to help get Aaron Rodgers the New York Jets, but hey, you keeping it real to yourself. And then he performed a burning ritual of a cheese head melting. Like, like sending out the vibes and the sage into to the gods, the football guys to help him get Aaron Rodgers. I was dying laughing at this video because they just went all in on it. And crazy enough, the Jets are actually optimistic that they'll be able to acquire, acquire Rodgers in a trade. Really? So maybe he is loaded with some information to make him go this far because this is audacious. And it's not because Sauce Gardner doesn't have the freedom of speech. and can't say what he wants to say. He's kind of violating two two rules, two codes of conduct. One is loosely tampering with another team's player. Like loosely. This is loosely. Like, dog, I want your quarterback. There are players on the Green Bay Packers that still want Aaron Rodgers, obviously, right? So y'all can have a little issue with that. It could get contentious. But the real violation, and this is a violation, dog, Zach Wilson is y'all quarterback, like it or not, but the point is, what if this doesn't work out, and Zach Wilson will be your quarterback, and you went all in, what did they say, what was that movie, where he said, never go full retard, what was that movie, I forget it, oh, Tropic Thunder, yeah, yeah, never go full recruiter, like, like don't go full recruiter, go part recruiter, I was dying laughing, so, He did all this and it took me back. Y'all know me, I always go pull a story from somewhere. When I got propped up by the team and it was two different instances, I'll give you the first one. When you feel the support of the organization and you can hear everybody in your fan base saying, we want that. And it happened in Buffalo the first time. Doug Flutie versus Rob Johnson the biggest civil war I've ever seen on the team in terms of a quarterback controversy. And the locker room was not split. Even though they had Sports Illustrated covers and stuff about it, we weren't split. It was like, to me, 90-10 for Doug Flutie. But Rob had the contract, Rob looked the part, and Rob just had to start because he was the return on investment. Meanwhile, Doug Flutie's just a better player at the time, but he's not the guy. He's a little guy who was over there stuck in Canada and then comes to the NFL. Oh, the little engine that could, right? But it should have been Doug Flutie. And I remember being on that side with Doug Flutie and that wasn't too bad for me because those guys were taking all the hits. But I get to San Diego and now I'm one of the leaders and I'm actually talking to reporters left and right. And everybody on the team kept coming up to me one by one. And I mean literally everybody. Hey, Wiley, come on, man. Because we drafted Drew Brees. And let's just say Drew Brees didn't hit the ground running. He had his struggles. If you look at his career numbers, you can understand. Early San Diego, tough on Drew Brees. So one day in the locker room after a game, I'm just hot. We lost the game. Drew must have started, maybe not played well. Who knows how I played, but it didn't matter to me. What mattered to me is what everybody else was telling me, what I wanted, and what I thought the fan base wanted. So I told the reporter. I straight up said Yo, we need to switch quarterbacks. He's like, really? Who should be the quarterback? I said, 777. That was Doug Flutie's number. Now, that's not recruiting like Saul's Gardner, but that's putting yourself out there where you know if this doesn't work out, woo. talking about egg on your face. Well, I don't even remember how it worked out because we didn't make the playoffs. We were sorry either way. So uh, I maybe should have just kept my word to myself because... It didn't help anything, but Doug Flutie in that moment I thought was a better quarterback. My teammates thought he was a better quarterback, but it didn't work out for our situation. Sauce Gardner, hey, man, respect. You know you're a baller. You know nobody can tell you nothing right now, but hopefully this works out because if not, that pool party hosted by Zach Wilson going to look and hit a lot different. Floyd Mayweather and Jake Paul. All right, let's get this story straight. Um, obviously they had their match and people could think what they want of it. Some say, hey, Floyd carried him. Some say, oh, Jake almost won. And it was better than I thought. Whatever you thought about it, Floyd came out victorious, whatever it may be, because he's a champion. He's just doing these exhibition matches, right? But you remember before all that, when they had their press conference and they were walking in the stadium, and Jake Paul smacked Floyd's hat off. And it got contentious. That was like, okay, I thought we were supposed to be stunting and just having an exhibition match. And look, you can't beat me fighting. Let's just be real about it. But we can have some fun in here and make a lot of money having fun. But then I think the thing switched and changed in that moment when he knocked his hat off. You know, there's some dudes out there who are like real men, masculine. Like, I, I go to a restaurant. I don't have my back to the door, you know, I don't, you know, or I, I walk on this side of the street or don't you touch my hat. You know, those are like alpha, alpha dudes, whatever you want to call them. Right. I'm not built like that. Like, seriously, like in promotion, you knock my hat off. I don't give a damn. But that's also why I'm not the GOAT like Floyd Mayweather. And that's also why, hey, I'm not undefeated like Floyd Mayweather or achieve those level or heights. You almost got to have that type of ego. You almost got to have that type of pettiness where you care about every single little thing to the point where everything is motivation. So that's why I think it's the crux of this issue. But let's read through this and get through it right. I got to steal a line from Courtney. She said, Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather get into a heated argument after a heat game. All right. So Paul, Jake was being escorted by one security guard. Damn, he got too much money for only one. When Mayweather and his team approach him, are we going to bust him up, guys? The person holding the camera asks. Next, another member of Mayweather's team asks, "Where you running, Jake?" Uh-oh. Paul starts to retreat from the crowd and eventually turns and runs away from the situation as a few others briefly gave chase as members of Mayweather's team Continue to yell after him. Look, he's running. Jake Paul is the running champ. <laughs> Why is he running? The person holding the camera shouted. Now, I don't like, I don't even know these dudes, but I don't like none of them already because y'all only bad because y'all around Floyd. And then it's a gang of y'all going against one dude. Yeah, he can fight, but he ain't stupid. He ain't going to fight all y'all. Oh, fake tough asses. All right. They might be some of the homies too, but oh well. Uh, Paul addressed the situation on Instagram moments later saying Mayweather and his staff had essentially ambushed him Outside the arena. Now you're doing too much. Now you ambulance chasing. They didn't ambush you. They surrounded you, and you took off running. That ain't ambush. You want to know what ambush is? You wouldn't be talking right now. All right. So I'm leaving the Miami Heat game, and Floyd Mayweather and 50 dudes. See, I see. I told you hyperbole. It wasn't no 50 dudes. You just had one guard. That's your broke ass problem. Let me stop. Um, 50 dudes pull out of nowhere. Paul said, out of some side alley, waiting for me outside the stadium. Their dudes literally start surrounding me, trying to jump me. I'm out that bitch. (laughs) Sources close to Mayweather reportedly told TMZ that he didn't want to jump Paul, but instead just happened to run into him after the basketball game. Yep, three sides to every story. Jake over there saying too much. Oh, they were hiding in the alley and they tried to ambush me, all 50 of them. And then Floyd's like, oh, we just was walking out the game and just saw Jake Paul, said, hi, um, would you like some apple pie? And then there's the truth. There's Jake's side, there's Floyd's side, and then there's the truth. Who cares about that? I care more about these mentalities, like two athletes getting at it. Yeah, I said two athletes. I know y'all like Jake Paul's not an athlete. He actually is. Y'all can stop being jealous of the dude. He's a YouTuber. Yeah, duh. But... The dude can fight. Like, if you've ever been in a ring, he ain't bum work. He ain't scrub level. He has won all his fights except one. So give him a little respect, y'all. But the thing about Floyd that is just so interesting, and what I love about this story is, Floyd don't play that, dog. Like, Floyd is so crazy particular about everything. The few times that I've hung out at his crib and been up there, Um, we used to live next to each other. Uh, he still has a a spot there. I moved away because my family just kept growing like gremlins. But the point is, this dude is particular about everything. And I always tell this story because to me, it's just amazing. When he was fighting Pacquiao and after the fight, uh, we were upstairs hanging. And I was like, dog, when did you know that you were going to win that fight? Because as as confident as you are, you're undefeated, duh. But this is Pacquiao, the guy that everyone said if there was one dude to beat you, it was him. When did you know in the fight? Not, okay, pregame, I'm confident. Like, in the fight, you knew from, from punching that you had him. He said, you know, Floyd B, you know, you know. It's so funny. He said, in the first round, he always gives a straight right to the diaphragm. Like, he always, and if you watch his fights, now you can see it. Like, he'll be doing this and, you know, all that little shoulder stuff. And then he'll go, whoop, like uh, Avenger. He like, whoomp. And he says, I listen for the sound. And he said, that sound tells me exactly what I'm in for for that fight. Now, I don't know what the hell that really means, but basically I took from it. If you hear, "Ah, ah, ah, ah," like, whatever you can say, "Ah, ah," like, there's a certain sound he like. He done. (laughs) Or there's a certain sound where you're like, oh, oh, he wants something. It's a big dog in there. And I was just like, wow, this dude, everything matters to him. So Jake Paul, you see Floyd Mayweather, you knock his hat off. It ain't fun and games. It ain't promotion. He ain't going to forget. And maybe y'all going to build this up to having a rematch, whatever it may be. I'm there for it. But you know, the only way you're going to beat Floyd is running away from him and those 50 dudes because you ain't beating that dude when it comes to boxing i don't give a damn how old he is oh this is going to touch my heart right here because i'm about to talk about the wizard yes the magician himself with a basketball kyrie irvin i don't give a damn what y'all about to say that is my second favorite basketball player currently to watch kd's number one and you know how happy i was when they were on the brooklyn nets together like, oh my god Unfortunately, that didn't work out. And unfortunately, they didn't play a ton of games together, or as many as expected. But Kyrie Irving right now, he took to, I guess, Instagram. uh, And he really was directing his comments at, quote unquote, being called a cancer in the locker room. Excuse me. See, I told you I'm going to get choked up. Y'all talking about my baby right here. Talking about Kyrie. Um, So, he gets into this character that's really responding to the noise the fans, the, the pundits, etc. Right? The critics. And always remember the critics have critics also. So this is one reason I don't get caught up in the tug-of-war. If someone doesn't like what I say I'm listening. Oh, hopefully that can inform me to be better at what I say but I'm not about to get emotionally challenged by this. Why? Because even critics have critics. So someone try to check me, remember someone could check you and as I remember someone could check me. So I'm not going to lose myself. You don't have my remote control, as Deion Sanders says, that can change my channel, turn me up in volume, or turn me down in energy. Won't let you get that. Sounds like Kyrie is going through that process. Let's just say that. He comes on with this different voice, and I want to remind him that criticism is the cost of praise. And Kyrie, Lord, do you get praised. Maybe you don't feel it all the time. My son wears nothing but, and he's seven. Nothing but Kyries. I had to tell him about a month ago there won't be any new Kyries. I was like, he's not gonna have any more Nike shoes. And you know what he said? That's okay. We'll buy some old new ones. <laughs> he wanted the other ones he had before, just in bigger sizes. Just dude is all in on you, Kyrie. Do not be fooled to think everyone's against you. However, he gets into this voice and he's like, Oh, Kai is woke, uh I doesn't I don't fit the mode. Kai is different. And he's responding to criticism that he hears when he sees his fans out there watching him play basketball for three hours. It's an interesting study right here. It's an interesting conversation. Three hours, you're there. And most fans are not even there for three hours, especially if you're playing the Lakers. Them suckers show up in the third quarter with these phones just to do selfies and then go, go Lakers, go LeBron, right? Like, who's there for three hours paying attention? But he's saying, you only see me for three hours of the day. You don't see me for the other 21 where I'm not an athlete first. I'm a person first, but you're making personal judgments on me. Hmm. Once again, I told you this is a good case right here. Good case study. People try to surmise so much from their limited experiences and their narrow lens, right? I get to see Kyrie ball for three hours. And somehow, some way, I feel licensed to give authority to whatever I think of Kyrie. So you know how it goes. You go to the game. Then you leave the game. You go to the sports bar with your boy, have some post-game drinks, and y'all just pounding them, trying not to go home so fast, right? And next thing you know, the conversation has drifted from Kyrie having 27, 9, and 6 to, man, I don't like the dude or I do like the dude. Oh man, all he did was repost something. He didn't even give his explanation or his feelings about it. Oh, but why'd he go there in the first place? And next thing you know, you have had a grander conversation about the person, but all you saw was three hours of them playing. Now, no one that is having this conversation about Kyrie is really privy to knowing Kyrie that intimately. Very few, maybe, right? So, those guys are like, man, all I'm taking in is water from fans, water from pundits. Dog, y'all don't even know what y'all are talking about. Y'all don't even know who I am, really. So, I'm like, mm, I had to think about this. Now, let me push back on Kyrie as well. Because this is the I don't care generation. You know, it just seems like every young kid that I run into, or anybody in their 20s, 30s, like, Gen Z, Millennials, whatever you want to call it. They're all into this like, I ain't tripping. I don't care. I express myself. I'm free, right? And I love that, but I know that comes at a cost because the I don't care generation just seems like they have more anxiety than any generation. They, they they respond to the noise more than anybody, right? I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. I ain't listening to them. And the next thing you know, they on IG Live responding to exactly that. It's okay, y'all to admit you give a damn. I tell that to my kids that I coach. Cause I get kids, they watch YouTube, they watch highlight shows. So then they come out there, instead of throwing the ball like this, they want to do this. They want to act like they ain't tripping. They want to catch the ball with one hand or... "Mm." Like, I'm like, no. In sports, it's okay to act like you care. Act like you really want them to catch it. And one of the sayings I tell them all the time, I say, what's the perfect pass? And they say, They say the one where it hits him in the hands. I was like, nope. The one that hits him in the chest, I said, nope. I said the perfect pass is the one he can't drop. Think about that. Just get it to him. Stop doing all them extras. Stop doing too much. Or stop acting like you don't give a damn about situations. So in this situation, every athlete that has ever existed has heard the noise, has felt the pain that comes from criticism. We all have. It's how you deal with it, right? It's how you respond to it. And it's overwhelming when you talk about being as great as a superstar like Kyrie Irving. But we can all see it's wearing on them. Here's the thing. Here's my only piece of advice for Kyrie Irving. Look at me giving Kyrie advice. It's always count those with you and not against you. I'm telling you, <clears throat> mental health to me, I look at it strictly almost like physical health you gotta actually do the right exercises. Here's an exercise. Count those with you, not against you. My wife and I have this conversation all the time. She's one of those types that can read a thousand comments that are positive about her or me, and be like, whatever, yep, yep, par for the course. Oh, that's sweet. And then one person says something about me bad or hurt. And her whole mood changes. Her whole energy is affected. I'm like, baby, stop playing. She's gotten way better with it, but it was a process. And I'm the one that does this. Good, good, bad, bad, good, good. Like, I'm reading them all. (laughs) Like, I ain't tripping. Like, you're not going to have my remote. We're not doing an emotional tug of war. I got one lap around this world, brother. One lap. And I am not going to waste a step letting you think you have power over me. Kyrie, you're doing something that 99.99% of the world wishes they could and a hundred percent wishes they were as good as you if they could do it Count those with you brother not against you. All right, let's get into our Wileyism Y'all know how we finish this show and before I go into the Wileyism because this is a very high rate higher Highly rated segment. That's how you supposed to say it, right? This chalice you have to go to Brinks TV log on and you can get your merch there This shirt, marcelluswileyshop.com, I've had that for years and people are lugging my shirt so I'm going to keep wearing them, Damn it, Marcelluswileyshop.com, go there or Brinks TV, log on, get your merch. All right, today's Wileyism is this, simple one, easy one, don't get bigger by making others feel smaller, don't get bigger by making others feel smaller, why? I know billionaires, and I'm not bragging, I'm just saying, I see people with so much money, they sneezing out what I've made in my whole life every day. I made, all my life earnings, they like, that was yesterday, bro. <laughs> and I see them, right? I see real cats. Uh, I'll give you some examples. Jay-Z and Beyonce, I see them all the time. Our kids are in school together, blah, blah, blah. Uh, John Legend and stuff, like people, Byron Allen, these are like billionaires or John Legend ain't, but he can sing a lot and people know him. <laughs> They're the nicest people in the world. I'm not lying. Like, we'll go out their way to speak to you. Go out their way to hang with you. Go out their way to, just waiting for you to chop it up. And then there are people who are not that, who don't have that level of fame, success, accolade, money. And they're more assholes. I'm like, dog, how are you gonna be the asshole and you, you? <laughs> so all I say is no matter who you are, what you are, don't get bigger by making others feel smaller, right? And it's always been that way. Like, even when you look at the situation as you're climbing up, whoever you are, you always want to show your something before you really know you're that. You always want to show it first, right? Like, when I had $5 in my pocket, I was just spending it all trying to show everybody. I had $10 in my pocket, right? Trying to act that part. But when you get to a level where like, yo, I know I got it you're understated. And not only that, you look at life through abundance. Like, Eric, it's enough room at the top, let's go. I'm going to look out for you, I'm going to be cool with you. I swear, the greatest networking I have, the greatest experiences of people just giving are people who have it, right? And they have it because of the mindset, not because they just have more, it's because they have the mindset that actually supports they have more. But when I was broke and around broke people, Yo, everybody holding everything tight. That's when we really need to share, bro, (laughs) because we ain't got that much. But together, we may have something. So always remember, don't get bigger by making others feel smaller. All right, y'all. That's going to do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today, you want to keep the conversation going? I know you do. Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. The show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley. That's me, woo! Paul Anderson and Nick Panella. I'm Marcellus Wiley. Thanks for listening, and thanks for the reviews. I'm getting reviews. Y'all keep them coming, dog. Everybody that reviews me, I read it and I love it. Keep them coming. There's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all next week. That's it. Go.